movie series where we had a really good time. We concluded that last week. But we're here with you this Easter yes. Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, to celebrate the risen King, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. And uh, if you didn't know, my name is Mario. This is my wife, Tamaro, and Hello. we're the pastors here at New Life Church, and we just want to welcome you once welcome again. You, you want to say something? Good morning. How are you doing? Online world, it's great to see you. Wish you were here with us. Amen. Amen. Right. Love you. <laughs> All right. Y'all doing good again. I want to ask that one more time. Y'all doing good? Man, that was weak. I said, are y'all doing good today? That's good. This should be the happiest day. You know, for, for uh, churches, this is the Super Bowl for churches. Because, like, everybody looks forward to Easter Sunday. That's the Super Bowl for churches. You make preparations, not even just for the week, but you plan the months in advance for what you want to do for Easter. So it was a lot of preparation that went into this service today, and I hope you guys enjoyed it thus far. Uh, I just want to thank my beautiful wife, tomorrow for all her planning and everything, and everyone that volunteered and everyone that served to help make this day and pull this day off, but we still have more to come in the day. And, uh, you know, I heard... It said this way before I heard that there were good messages and there are long messages, but there are no good long messages. So I won't be here with you long, just for about three hours. So uh, <laughs> so uh, I just have a three-hour, you know, it's Easter Sunday. This is the Super Bowl, so I got to prepare at least three hours worth of material to share with you guys. You know what I'm saying? Because this is the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl, you have everything. You pull out all the stops. So this morning I have uh, from Genesis to Revelation, we're going to break down each chapter of each verse in each Bible passage. So y'all ready? I'm just playing. We're not doing that. Y'all know why we're here. We're celebrating our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is risen. I said he is risen. He is risen. And because he has life, guess what? We have life. Because he took uh, death, hell, and the grave by the hand and said, you know what? You no longer have power and control over us because I won the victory. Guess what? We have the victory as well. So whatever situation that you find yourself in in life, guess what? Know that victory is yours in Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he paid it all over 2,000 years ago on the cross for us. And because of that victory, we have ultimate victory over the enemy. We have the trump card. You know when you play spades and you know you got the big joker and you just waiting for somebody to, and you just and you just setting them up and then here go the big joker and you play the big joker, the trump card. What is it? That is our card. Jesus has the ultimate trump card over the enemy and that is the victory that we should walk in. Amen? Amen. So this morning, uh, obviously we're here to celebrate the life, the resurrection of Jesus, but I want to talk to you about life, your life. And I believe that today there are three groups of people in this room today. You watching online, there's three groups of people. And I guarantee you everybody's going to fit into one of these three categories. I guarantee you. So you can kind of pay attention and look for it and say, where do I find myself in life? Y'all say life. So we're talking about life this morning. And if you have uh, already downloaded our app, you can follow along with the notes there on our app, uh, the New Life Church of Mobile app. It's in the... App Store and Google Play Store for you Android folks. We're going to pray for y'all at the end of the service that y'all switch over to uh, iPhones. But we do have that available for you. Uh, you can download that as well and follow along. But let's just pray and then we'll get started. Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord God, for your presence. We thank you for our risen Savior. 
that paid it all for us, that we have ultimate victory and defeat over the enemy. And I thank you for a spirit of victory and a spirit of triumph will arise in our hearts today. Open up our hearts to receive from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all say life. So we're talking about life this morning. And as I mentioned, every person in this room, including myself, everyone listening later on to this uh, sermon, everybody is going to fall into one of three categories. Not, there's no one that's going to be excluded this morning. So I need y'all to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking to you. But the Holy Spirit is talking to me. So don't interrupt me because I need to pay attention. Here we go. So if you hear something, don't elbow your neighbor or talk about, he talking about you. No, no. This for you. This for you this morning. Amen. So the first area that we're going to talk about in life is this. We're going to talk about the category of my life. Y'all say my life. I only have three points this morning. My life. That's the first one. My life. The my life stage or the my life is this. This is a person that lives this life all by themselves, and it's all about themselves, their happiness. This is my life. I do what I want to do, and you can't tell me how to live my life because this is my life. And I want you to try to tell me I can do something, and I'm going to prove to you that I can do it because why? This is my life. And if you try to hold me back, I'm going to show you that you can't stop a blessed man. You can't stop a blessed woman because this is my life and I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to flaunt it and I'm going to show you what I have achieved because this is my life. Please try to tell me that I can't do something. I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to post it all on social media and I'm going to show you that this is my life and my life can't be stopped. It can't be reckoned with. I don't care what you put in my way, no matter what obstacles, I'm going to prove to you this is my life because I want to live my life for me. But that's what we do. We want to live our lives. You ever talk to somebody and you try to give them somebody, I hear what you're saying, but this is my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. Maybe that's you. You're the person that said that. You told, they try to give you, oh, no, you can't, please, you live your life. Let me live my life. Let me live my truth. Let me do what I want to do. But the thing about the living my life thing is this, is that it's a selfish life. It is a very selfish life that in the end leaves a trail of destruction and a trail of broken relationships. I love to watch documentaries. That's one of my favorite. I love to hear people's stories. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. And tomorrow, I'll tell you, I'll be up late watching documentaries on people. She's like, who is that? I'm like, oh, it's this guy, and, and he did this, this, and that, and this is the story of his life. And so I was watching a documentary of a famous person. If I said the name, you probably know who I'm talking about. And he said all of his life, he grew up in a small town, and he wanted to make something of himself, just like everybody. Everybody wants to make something of himself. Who wants to grow up and say, you know what? I think I want to be a failure. That's what I want to be. I want to be a failure when I grow up. That sounds like a great life career goal for me. I want to be a failure. I don't know one person that thinks that. But he grew up in a small town. He said that uh, no one really makes it out of his town. And he had great ambition for himself. And he got into the profession that he made a career of. But when he started, nobody believed in him. He said he only had the belief in himself that, you know what, if someone, I just need one person to give me a chance. And if they give me a chance, I'm not going to blow my chance. And guess what? Somebody did something. They got in trouble. It was supposed to be their big break. But they got in trouble, so they got punished. 
And guess what? They were looking for someone to take his place. And Mr. Opportunity said, this is me. This is my chance. This is my life. I'm going to make the most of my opportunity. And boy, did he ever. And he took the world by storm. He, all he needed was someone to give him a chance. They gave him the opportunity. From the first moment he stepped into the limelight, he never left the limelight again. But in the documentary, he said, you know what? I, I knew that what it was going to cost me, now that I got the spot that I wanted, I knew what it was going to cost me to keep my spot. And so what happened is I lost my marriage. I had two girls, and to be honest with you, I knew that I don't have the relationship with my daughters that I should because of all the success that I put and the work that I put in effort into my craft and my profession. And, you know, now, we're, now that I'm older, and he's like in his 50s now, he's like, now that I'm, I'm retired and I'm older, uh, our relationship is better, but it's not what it should be. And he says, I know, it was selfish, but that's a decision I made because this is my life, and I wouldn't go let anybody or anything stand in my way. And I was listening to him talk, and on one hand, he was so proud of what he accomplished, but he even said, but I was selfish. This is because this is my life, and I don't care what I, who I was going to hurt. Those two little girls, when he was small, when he was, everybody in the world knew his name, his little girls were at home. Where's daddy coming home? When's daddy's going to spend time with us? But he didn't care because he said, this is my life. Maybe we can relate to that. We're so busy chasing things, and we're leaving the destruction of, of broken relationships behind us because we want to live my life. This is my life. I'm going to do what I want to do, and please try to stop me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he, will show, he shall direct your paths. We love to quote that scripture. Oh, we love to say that one. But it says what? It says, lean not on your what? Own understanding. So if you're leaning not on your own understanding, that means that you're not leaning on this is my life. You're surrendering your life to your life and say, God, what do you want to do in my life? Because when I acknowledge you, then you will show me which path to take. But a person that's living for my life, they don't acknowledge God at all. They acknowledge themselves. It was my hard work. It was my dedication. It was my sacrifice that put me in the position that I am, and I don't care who I hurt in the way. But the thing about the my life thing is this. It has extreme highs and extreme lows. The extreme highs are when you work hard, you accomplish things. And you can look back at your accomplishments, and you can say, oh, boy, look what I accomplished. And it can feel great because you worked hard. How many of you like to work hard and accomplish something? And there's nothing wrong with that. Please don't feel like I'm saying this is wrong. When you work hard, you should feel accomplished. You should feel proud of your hard work. But the thing is, if you're only living for those approvals of those achievements, guess what? They're going to come a moment when those improvements and that, that success can no longer satisfy. It can no longer fill you because those are temporal things. Yes, it feels good in the moment, but there's still something inside of you that says, I need something more. There's a gap in my heart. There's a longing in my soul for something more. And the thing is, is that the only person that can feel that is Jesus. You can achieve all the success in the world that you want to, all the accomplishments, and they will make you feel great for just a moment. But at some point, you're going to have to climb a new mountain. At some point, when the hard work is over and you can look back and see all that you've accomplished, you're going to sit back and say, now what's next? What happens when athletes retire and they worked hard all their lives 
and you look back five years later and, and they, they look like a shell of themselves because all the hard work and they put everything into being a professional athlete and nothing else. And when it's over with, they don't know who they are anymore because all their identity was wrapped up in their achievements and their hard work. Don't allow your achievements and success to cause you to be that person that says, to think inwardly and be selfish and not look at what does God want me to do? Because the enemy wants to keep you in this place. Because every time you follow what you want to do, it will never align with what God wants you to do. And the devil wants to keep you in the place where you're always pursuing what you want to do. And when you do that, guess what he does? He just stands back and applauds. The devil stands back and applauds and says, yes, they're on the right path. They're on the right path because I know as long as they chase what they want to do, They'll never do what God wants them to do. And in the end, they'll end up right here with me, separated from God from all of eternity, because you wanted to live your life. Psalms 84, verse 1 through 2, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God, what is David saying here? He says that there's a longing. He says, I faint and there's a longing in my soul to be in your presence. He realized that the only thing that truly satisfies is being in the presence of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, you can accomplish whatever you want in the world. There's nothing that's going to satisfy you like being in the presence of the Lord. So if you find yourself in a place this morning where you're like, man, that's me. I feel like I've accomplished some things, but I still feel empty on the inside. What your soul is saying is you need to be in the presence of the Lord. What's missing is the presence of God. And nothing can satisfy you. Nothing can fill you. Nothing can heal you but the presence of God. And the longer you go without spending time in the presence of God, you'll be driven further and further into trying to accomplish things that don't really mean anything in the end. Yes, you can look back and say, I've won all these awards, I've achieved all this, but if there's a longing in your soul, what good is that anyway? The word says, what profits a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Your soul is crying out for the presence of God. So when you feel that longing, I feel so incomplete, I feel so empty, what is that? That's your soul crying out, longing like David was saying, I need to be in the presence of God. So if you find yourself in this room today or watching, listening later on, and you say, there's a longing in my soul, I feel empty and complete, what is your soul saying? You need to run to the presence of God because that will be the only thing that will heal you, fill you, and satisfy you is the presence of God. Not your accomplishments, not what you've achieved. That'll be temporary. Only the presence of God sustains. Amen? Amen. That's the first thing is the my life. Now, this is the second one, and I feel like this is the majority of the room in here. It's you have the my life, and now we move to the Christian life. The Christian life. So what is the Christian life? The Christian life is a life that believes in God. You're going to heaven, but you never really do anything significant for God. Every few months, people have to encourage you to continue to follow God. People that live this life constantly go back and forth in their faith, and they go back and forth between the Christian life and my life. What does that mean? They, they're back and forth, and they, there's a tussle in their spirit or in their, in their walk with God. Say, well, I want to serve God, but then I just kind of want to do my own thing. 
It's like, God, I, I really want to give you my whole life, but you know there's certain things about my life that I like, I just want to hold to myself. And it feels, you know, I really don't want to let go of these things, but I understand what you're saying. If I follow you, there's benefits to that. But you know what? There sure is a lot of good benefits to doing what I want to do. I'm telling you, boy, that's that my life, boy, I can party and I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah, I don't like the way I feel at the end. But in the moment, it sure do feel good. It feel good, Jesus. But I know I'm supposed to live a Christian life. And we struggle. We're in the Christian life. The Christian life, it loves to see miracles, signs, and wonders. The Christian life wants to be associated with Jesus because it's the blessed life. And the Christian life is a privileged, privileged life because it's a life that has options. It's a life that has options. Everybody loves the blessing and the privileges that comes with being a Christian and following Jesus. Because it feels good to be, it feels good to be spiritual. What did you do today? I went to Sunday service today. We sang songs to the Father himself. We read the Holy Scripture. We had fellowship with other believers this morning. We took communion this morning. Oh, what a lovely day. And we love to feel spiritual. But then once our spiritual kick is over with, we go back to living my life. And there's a tussle in your soul between, now I know I should be doing this, but why does it feel so good to do my life? Because our flesh default setting is to do what you want to do, which is sin. That's the default setting. And we have to say, you know what? I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to go back and straddle the fence. And that's the funny thing is like, you know the people like some, you got to talk them off the ledge every few months. Yeah, it's like a come to Jesus meeting. It's like, why do we have to have this conversation again? It's like, I'm not forcing you to follow Jesus. You know you should follow Jesus. I know. But, but why don't you? Because I know what you're talking about. I just don't want to do it. I know it's the right thing to do. I just, and sometimes those could be the most difficult people to counsel because they say, well, I heard that before. I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're talking. Tell me something I don't know. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I know that scripture. I already know he's going to preach. I can finish the message for him. Well, that's good, but are you living it? You know, people love to quote scriptures and all these, but are you living it? Do you know how to say the right thing, but are you living it? You know, oh, you can say the right thing in just the right time to make yourself sound spiritual, but are you living the life? And it's a mask. And in the Christian life, that is the struggle. The Christian life is a struggle. We love the benefits to following Jesus, but we don't want to give him complete control. Jesus, I love you, but you can't have this part of my life. Don't ask too much of me. Now, I'll come to church every once in a while, but every Sunday, now that's a little bit too extreme. Come to prayer on Wednesday, mm-mm, I got better things to do. My show come on on Wednesday night. And it's like, we, we could come up with every excuse why we want to give Jesus our full life, but we like to say, I'm a Christian. You walk outside and you pull, go in the mall. Are you, what, what religion? Oh, I'm a Christian. What would make you a Christian? I believe in Jesus. Okay, but do you have a lifestyle? Of, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what, what you mean? And it's like, we love to put uh, John 3.16 or Philippians 4.16 on our, on our profile, but everything else on the profile don't look like nothing about Jesus. <laughs> what in the world? Why you got these scriptures on the top of your bio but I'm looking at the videos and the pictures. And then, where is Jesus? What's going on? But that's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. When all the excitement of answered prayers wear off and things become real, that's when you realize I have to change. 
I remember when I first got saved, there was a, when you first get saved, I'm telling you, there is an excitement. Because first of all, you're excited that you're forgiven. And you like all the things that I used to do, boy, I am forgiven. And that weight comes off of you and that guilt and that shame and that condemnation, it comes. And boy, you just can't tell. You can't wait to tell everybody about Jesus. And then you start praying for things. And guess what? Your prayers get answered fast. Like, oh, I just prayed for that. And Jesus moved quick. Boy, things seem like they show turning around in my life. I like this Jesus thing. And then you just let a little time go on. Prayers get answered a little bit slowly, a little bit slower. Now, wait, I used to pray, and you would respond in like two days, Jesus. It's been about a month now. I hadn't heard from you. What's going on? And now Jesus is saying, I need you to trust me. I need you to wait. See, Jesus, now it was cool when I was following you, and you was answering my prayers, and you was doing all this stuff. But where are you at now? I don't, I don't hear you. I don't see you. And that's when Jesus said, yes, I'm following you, but what I'm trying to do is get you to change to draw closer to me. That's when it becomes real. That's when you have to make that decision. Am I going to continue to follow him, or am I going back to my life? Because, Jesus, it was easy to follow you when you are answering my prayers, but now it's not. You know what? I might have to go back to my old life and try to figure some things out because I know what to do. And I'm tired of waiting on you because I've been praying and I don't see any change, but I know what to do. So guess what? I'm going back to my life. Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62, it says this. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to even lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and to preach about the kingdom of God. Another man said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So what am I saying in reading this verse? The Christian life will always, and I'm going to say always, can struggle with always looking back. You'd always think about what you gave up or what God is asking you to give up. You want me to give up that relationship? You, you, you want me to give up this habit, this addiction? I got to stop doing this? I don't know, this, this old life, feel, this, it wasn't this hard living this other life. I just did what I wanted to do. Now you're asking me to change. Now you mess with my, my character. Now you're tell, telling me I got to change my words, my attitudes, the things I listen to, the things I watch, the places I go, the people I hang out with. Now you want me to change? And that's when the dilemma comes, when you struggle with looking back. Jesus said, hey, follow me. That's it, simple command, follow me. But the Christian life says, I'll follow you until it gets difficult. Because if Jesus loves me, why would he want me to walk through pressure? He loves me. Why, why, why should bad things happen to me? Because Jesus loves me. Where does that say that in the Bible, that you never feel any pressure or trials or tribulations because you follow Jesus? Actually, it's quite the opposite. More trials and tribulations probably going to come because now that you're not following the enemy, he's going to do everything he can to discourage you to come back to following him. But you have to make that decision. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. 
It's fun to follow Jesus until the day he was crucified. Jesus had crowds of people following him everywhere that he went. Why? Because they wanted to see the miracle signs. Let's see what he's going to do today. Let's let's see what he's going to do. But on the day of the crucifixion, on the day when he was betrayed by his closest friends, think about this. Peter, his greatest disciple, disowned him three times when he said, I would never abandon you. I would never deny you. Just a few moments later, old Peter started cussing a little girl. And those words came all right back to Peter. All the miracle signs and wonders he saw with Jesus immediately went out the window when things got a little bit difficult. When it was no longer exciting to follow Jesus when the miracle signs and wonders stopped and they, it became real. When things become real, that really sees where your faith is. Are you following Jesus for the benefits and the privileged life, the blessed life? Or are you following him because you know you need him? And that's the dilemma with the Christian life. Is do I follow Jesus because I like how it makes me feel? I, it makes me feel spiritual. And I could tell everybody how spiritual I am. And I could quote my spiritual uh, talk and my scriptures, and it makes me feel good. But then when I lay down at home, I know I'm not living this life. And there's a wrestling in my soul. What is that? Surrender. God is calling you to surrender. I remember there was a time in my life when I asked the pastor to pray something for me. And I just wanted him to pray because I wanted what I was doing to be blessed. That's all I wanted. I don't need anything else. Just pray for me that what my plans are will be blessed. And he did. But then he turned around and said, God doesn't even want you to do that. You should go on the fast. And I said, what you talking about? That's not, that's not what I asked you to pray about. I asked you to bless what I was doing so it would be successful. But see, that's the problem with the Christian life. We want the prayers of the blessing, not the prayers of maybe God doesn't, that, maybe that's not God's best for you. Maybe that relationship you're in, you think is good, but maybe that's not God's best for you. That job that you're pursuing, maybe it's a good job. Maybe that's not the job that God has for you. We don't want to hear that. We just, no, no, just bless what I'm doing. And what we do is we'll start searching for voices that will amen and encourage what we're doing to make us feel good. Because, no, don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong because God loves me. Why would he tell me what I'm doing is wrong? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. Yes, you are. And he also disciplined those that he loves. But we have to make sure that, hey, am I struggling with going back to my life or am I surrendered to Jesus? And that's the third life is the surrendered life. So we have the my life. It's all about me. We got the Christian life. I love Jesus. You're going to heaven. But you go, there, there might be a little struggle there where I want to follow Jesus, but I kind of like my old life and do what I want to do, too, at the same time. But then we get to the third area, which is the surrendered life. The surrendered life is a life that recognizes that Jesus is all I need. This is a life that says I'm, a willing, I'm willing to abandon all to follow and obey Jesus. No matter what he asks me, the answer is yes. The surrendered life is the high metal gold round, so to speak. That is the ultimate call of every believer is to live a surrendered life. Is a surrendered life easy? No. Is a surrendered life always fun? Not necessarily. But the benefits of living a surrender, surrender life is far worth gold, more, far worth more than any gold, than any achievement, than anything that you do. I'm telling you, living a surrendered life is the best life you could ever live. 
If you want to live a fulfilled life, live a surrendered life. People that live a a surrendered life are willing to pay a price that most people aren't. The surrendered life is a marveled, marveled life because people don't understand how you can walk through and endure the things that you do and keep moving forward. Only a surrendered life can endure and endure and endure and endure and say, you know what? I'm not turning my back on Jesus because Jesus is all I got. I don't know what this, I don't care what the situation and the circumstance look like right now, but I know that my God is on my side and at some point he's going to step in and he's going to make a way of escape. You see, when you live the surrendered life, there is no other options. When you live the Christian life, you got tons of options. There's tons of options on the Christian life. I can go back and do what I want to do. I can find a voice and listen to the voice that I want to that makes me feel good. But when you live a surrendered life and God speaks, you say, that's the final word. There's no going back. I don't need to search to, 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 well, let me call such and such because I know they're going to tell me what I need to hear. No, no, no. Oh, not what I need to hear, what I want to hear. It's like, no, what did God speak to you? When he speaks, that is the final amen. So if he says no, then the answer is no. If he says yes, the answer, if he says wait, then wait. But only a surrendered life can do those things. When I think about a surrendered life, I think about people that serve in our military. You talk about a surrendered life. How many tours that they have to do to kiss family members, kiss their wives, their husbands, their kids, and say, you know what? Daddy, mommy is going to serve our country. And I don't know if I'll make it back, but just know that mommy, daddy, we love you. Son, daughter, kissing a, a mom and a dad, telling them, I'll see you, I, 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 I'm believing I'm going to see you again. But truly, you don't really know. Uh, the military, man, that is the highest level of sur- uh, surrender for a civilian. To surrender, to say, you know what, I'm going to surrender my life to serve our country. I'm going to surrender, that is an honor to serve our country, but that is also a call of surrender that not everybody's willing to pay. That's why everybody's not in the Army. Not everybody will run to college to get a degree. Not everybody's running down to join the Army or the mil- in the military. Why? Because that is a price that you have to be willing to pay. But the honor that comes with that to say, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice for my country. That, don't I think about surrender. That's a surrendered life. That is a person that lives a surrendered life. When I think about missionaries across the world, they live a surrendered life. Think about all the other Christians in other countries. See, this morning, you just woke up, you looked in your closet, maybe went to the store, bought something new, and said, this is what I'm going to wear to Sunday, to church on Sunday. You didn't have a doubt in your world that when you get there, there's going to be military people standing outside saying, now, what are you doing going in that church house? What, what are you, who is this Jesus that you're going to worship? There's nobody questioning. You just walked on in. But we look at our brothers and sisters across the world that are persecuted for the gospel, that have to sneak and hide and do anything. That's a surrendered life. You have to be surrendered to know that, hey, I know that going to this Bible study could cost me my life. Going to this Bible study, I could be going to jail. Having a Bible in my home, one page of scripture can cause me to go to jail. But you say, you know what? It's worth it all because Jesus is all I need. Only a surrendered life can get to that point that says, Jesus is all I need because there is no other option. There is no fallback plan. There is no, I don't have any, Jesus, I didn't gave it all up to follow you. So it has to work out. And guess what? It will. He works all things out for what? Your good. Every single time. 
Even in the midst of it when it doesn't seem like it, guess what? He's working it out for your good when you live the surrendered life. But as long as you're going back and forth, it may work out, it may not. But the surrendered life is going to work out. Matthew 26, 36 through 39, and I'm wrapping up. It says, then Jesus went to them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. But I want your will to be done, not mine. What's the last part he said? Yet I want whose will? To be done, not whose. Only a person living a surrendered life can say, I feel anguish to the point of death. Jesus did not want to endure what he was about to endure. I don't know how else to say that. He did not want to do it. <laughs> he didn't. He said it. He said, please take this bitter cup of suffering away from me if possible. But then what did he say? But yet, let your will be done, not mine. His will was like, I don't want to do it. I know you asked me to do it. I don't want to do it. But because I live a surrendered life, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. So I don't know what God is asking you to surrender. Just say yes. Just surrender. Surrendering is a lot easier than fighting to fight what you want to fight for. Because fighting what you want to fight for, I don't know if you ever fought for something that you knew was wrong. It just makes it even worse in the end. But when you finally just say, you know what, let me just stop fighting and surrender, boy, there's a peace that comes over you because you're no longer trying to do it in your own strength. And Jesus said, in my own strength, I want to run and I don't want to do this. But I know because I'm surrendered to the Father, he's going to give me the strength to endure what I'm walking through and what I'm about to face. I thank God for the surrendered life because when I don't have the strength, guess what? I don't have to rely on my own strength. I say, God, this is too much for me to bear. Please give me the strength. And you know what he says? Here you go. There's some strength. God, I, 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 I'm, I'm losing my, I don't have peace in my mind. I need peace. Here you go. There's some peace. What is that? It helps you endure the hardships and the things that you walk through. But a surrendered person runs to Jesus. A person not surrendered says, let me find this bottle. Let me, I, need to, I need to drink something. Let me, I need to smoke something. I need to go party. I need to, I need to go do something to, 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 to feel this because this is too much. This pressure is too much. The pressure of this marriage, the pressure of this relationship, the pressure and the stresses of this job is too much. I can't handle all this pressure because that's what we feel. We feel the pressure. But Jesus knew that the pressure on the inside of him was greater than the pressure on the outside. What does that mean? That means that he knew that there was a pressure that came from God on the inside of him that says, I will not let the outside pressures overwhelm me and overtake what God has called me to do. Because we feel the pressures on the outside so much that it causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do in our right mind because the pressure is too great. That's when anger comes out. That's when bitterness and resentment come out. When the pressure on the outside becomes too far greater than the pressure on the inside, meaning that the only way to overcome the pressures on the outside is to surrender. And when you surrender to God, guess what? Whew, I don't even have to fight it anymore. He fights my battles for me. And all that pressure that I felt, it immediately goes away. Another key to the surrender life is this. 
when you realize how much he loves you, it changes the way that you look at yourself. When you realize how much he loves you, it changes the way that you love him. So many times we try to prove to people how much we love him. Oh, I'm going to prove to them that I love Jesus. You don't have to prove to anybody that you love Jesus. That might be the problem. You're trying to prove to people that you love Jesus when you really don't. It's an act. All you have to do is realize how much he loves you. And when you get a revelation of how much he loves you, when he died, he sent his son to die on. We're here because of the love displayed over 2,000 years ago. When you realize how much he loves you, it will change the way that you view yourself and your situation. Totally change it. But as long as you're trying, I got I to gotta pray more. I got I to gotta, I gotta worship more. I got to read my word more. You, try, you don't have to prove to him. Just receive his love. Just receive how much he loves you. Because guess what? He does love you. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that, but guess what? God loves you. Just say it to yourself. Say, God loves me. He does. He loves you. He's so proud of you. No matter what you feel like your shortcomings are, no matter what you feel like you've done, guess what? The good news this morning is that, like Elder T said during the uh, communion time, guess what? He paid it all. He paid it all for your freedom. So you can live the surrendered life, which is the best life. So if you're in this room and you say, that's me, I live the surrendered life, I just want to encourage you, keep living the surrendered life. But the surrendered life struggle is this. They want to go back to the Christian life because the surrendered life can sometimes be too hard. Does it really take all this? Do I really have to sacrifice all this? Yes, because that's the best life. And the other alternative will never satisfy. You will never accomplish anything meaningful for God living an average Christian life. Will you get into heaven? Yes, and you, everybody should desire to go to heaven. I don't just want to go to heaven. I want to get there, and I want to see, I want to hear, job well done, my good and faithful servant. Have you ever received, well, I wouldn't say put it this way. You know, I can't remember, uh, what's, let's make a deal. The game show. You could take box one, two, or three, and then they pick box three, and then it's the, the zonk or whatever. And so all you had to do was pick box number two, and you could have had this. And they're like, oh, I gave up box number two for number three. How would that feel way worse when you stand in the heaven and you say, well, that's the life that you chose, but let me show you the life that I had for you. This is all the things I had for you to accomplish, but you made it. You're here, but I had so much for you. But I, can only, I could only give it to you once you truly surrendered. The secret to living the blessed life is a surrendered life. Because until you fully surrender, God can't trust you with the things that he wants to give you because you're not fully surrendered. As long as you're living for yourself, God can't give you everything that he wants to give you because he can't trust you with it because you're still holding on to the control. But once you relinquish control and you truly surrender to him, then he said, guess what? Here you go. This is a little bit more of what, this is just a little taste of what I have for you. If I could trust you with this little, guess what? I'll give you even more. But it costs you to surrender more and more and more. That's why you need prayer. That's why you need his presence. 
Because when you surrender, it's going to cause you to have to go run back to his presence to say, God, I need your strength to endure. But I'm telling you this morning, whether you're living in the, you're in the my life, the Christian life, or the surrendered life, there's hope for you this morning. Just like you walked in, maybe feeling the pressures of the world around you, guess what? It could be removed just like that. Because his presence is in this room. And he's here just for you. It's no uh, coincidence that you're here. This is a divine moment that God says, now I have your full attention. Now I want to speak directly to your heart. The things that you've been stressing over and the things that you've been worrying about, I want you to lay them at the foot of the cross this morning and receive my peace, receive my forgiveness, receive my joy, receive my acceptance, and receive my healing. Guess what? That's all for each and every one of us this morning. You don't have to leave out of here the same way that you came. If you know you're walking through a difficult time and it's been killing you on the inside and the pressure and the anxiety and the stress and you feel like, I can't take it anymore, guess what? You're not, you're not built to take it. You're built to surrender. Jesus could have took all the things that he did, but he didn't. He surrendered. The key to overcoming whatever you're walking through is surrender. Those relationship problems you have to, give them to God. Surrender it. Quit trying to fix it. Oh, well, I know what to do. We're going to go to do this. We're going to read these books. And we're going to, no, no, no. Surrender. Surrender. There's nothing wrong with reading books. Read books. Educate yourself. But surrender. The key is a surrender life. And I want to encourage you one more time before we close. Victory is yours. Because he paid for it over two. Th- That's why we're here this morning again. He paid for it. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is, it's a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. You just have to receive it. All you have to do is receive it, and instantly it's yours. Like you've lived with it your whole life. Just that simple. That's the good news this morning, is that you don't have to walk out here the same. In a moment, it can change. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And I want you to bow your heads and and close your eyes. We're going to close in in prayer today. Lord, I just thank you for your presence that's in this room. I thank you that, Lord, you're speaking clearly to our hearts this morning, Lord, that there's no no doubt, there's no, no, no second guessing. Lord, we know that you're speaking to us. And I bind the enemy, the thief that would try to come in this moment and distract and hinder or try to deceive us and saying, oh, he's not speaking to you. Oh, you have time. The truth is we don't know how much time we have. So that's why it's so important when there's an opportunity to surrender in the presence of God, to respond to the gospel message, that we respond instantly with a cheerful heart, with a heart of thanksgiving that says, God, I need you. Because the truth is all of us need him. There's no person that lives this life that does not need Jesus. You could try to push him to the side. You could say he was, a, he was a good man, but he wasn't the Messiah. He wasn't the Savior. Well, you could believe that. But the word says that one day every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So why not do it right now? Why not surrender right now? So I just want to give an invitation no one's looking around 
every head's bowed, every eye's closed. For those of you that says, man, I'm away from Jesus. I've been living my life. I've been doing what I wanted to do, what I wanted. I've been making my own plans. I've had my whole life mapped out. And it's still not satisfying. You know, I've been living the Christian life, but I do. I struggle with going back and forth to living my life because sometimes I realize, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. I want to pray for you this morning as well. And if you're living the, the, the surrendered life, keep going. Keep surrendering. Find strength in his presence. Find strength in his word. Find strength in the words that he speaks over you. But I want to go back to that first group. That's your view. You know you're away from God. Maybe you follow God at one point and you want to come back to him. And this is your moment to get right with God. But no one looking around. This is between you and God. I just want you to lift your hand. You want to come into right relationship with God. You want to make him your Lord and Savior and receive that free gift of eternal life. To receive the free gift of salvation. Just lift your hand in this moment. And I want to pray with you. Just lift your hands across the room if that's you. Amen. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart. I want everyone just to repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this moment, this holy moment, where I can truly surrender my life to you. Lord, I receive the gift of salvation that you freely gave your life just for me. Thank you, Lord, for paying the sin debt that was due to me. I thank you for your sacrifice of love, and I receive it in this moment. I thank you for forgiving my sins, for healing my heart, and giving me a hope and a future in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. And if you prayed that prayer, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect, but on the back of it, it says, I made a decision. Uh, fill that card out and drop it in the offering bucket on the, on the way out. Uh, we'd love to connect with you, pray with you about what God did in your heart in this moment. If you're watching online, drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made a decision. We'd love to connect with you. Or you can even email info at newlifemobile.org. Let us know what God did in your heart. We'll respond to you, connect with you as well. But let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ. I want to be the first person to say congratulations on your future with God. It is the best life. The surrendered life, I'm telling you, is the best life. Is it the easiest life? No, but it's the most fulfilling and rewarding life. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say otherwise. Amen? Amen. Well, that concludes our service for today. For those of you that are online, we just want to give you a few announcements. Uh, for those of you who are watching online, this Wednesday, 6.30, we have prayer. We want to invite you guys out for that. We have prayer at 6.30. Also, uh, we, you give, uh, I'm sorry, you can uh, give at this time as well. If you're prepared to give, uh, you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org, or you can download our app, and you can give on our app. And we're going to pray for those of you that are online that are prepared to give, and then we'll dismiss you guys uh, from the online service. Lord, I thank you right now for those that are prepared to give. I thank you right now, Lord God, that you would bless
those that are giving, Lord God, meet all of their needs. I thank you right now that there will be no lack in their home. I pray that you would use what is given today, Lord God, the tithes and the offerings for the advancement of the kingdom of God. I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in online. We love you guys. Again, we want to welcome you to prayer this Wednesday at 630. Also join us in here next Sunday at 10 a.m. We love you guys. Have a great, great Sunday. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Amen.